You're listening to Tom Fitton's weekly update here on JW Talknet. Hi, everyone. Judicial Watch President Tom Fitton here with our weekly update here on social media. Thanks for joining us. Another extraordinary week, another coup attack on the president. Uh, the hearings, at least the first round of them, are over as the Congress skedaddles uh, back home for the Thanksgiving break. I'll break it all down to you. Uh, from my perspective, it looks like the Kukabal may be losing, so we'll talk about that. Big news being reported as we speak about potential criminal investigations tied to Spygate targeting on President Trump, which of course is the big corruption scandal that needs to be talked about. And I'll give you the details as we know it uh, about that and some perspective you will not hear from uh, the dishonest media. Plus we have new documents, uh, speaking of uh, scandalous behavior by government officials, new documents on the Clinton sham investigation, the sham investigation by the FBI and Justice Department into the Clinton emails. Uh, it just showed the documents are just going to outrage you, and I'll, I'll talk to you about that, just show you how, how much of an in the Clinton world had with the FBI. You won't believe it. But I think first up is the most important news of the day or of the week, maybe of the month, maybe of the year, that there's confirmation that there's a strong evidence of a crime was committed in the Spygate targeting of President Trump. And what do I mean by Spygate targeting? I mean the FISA warrants that we now know about thanks to Judicial Watch's litigation. Uh, we obtained the four FISA warrants, the initial application, and the three renewals used to target Carter Page. And Carter Page was at one point an advisor, a volunteer advisor on the Trump campaign, and uh, the FBI uh, spied on him. Justice Department spied on him, and of course it was all about getting President Trump when you look at the Warren applications. And uh, the Warren applications themselves are uh, evidence of corruption and criminal activity in my view. Uh, I don't know if we need an IG to figure that out, or we needed years of Justice Department meandering uh, in terms of an investigation to figure that out. But the IG has concluded and found information that an FBI lawyer a significant lawyer, of course, the media is portraying him as a low-level FBI lawyer, uh, which uh, tells you uh, where the spin is coming from, uh, was uh, found to have, looks like, to have uh, altered a document that was used to justify not the initial application, but the three renewal applications. Now, uh, the detail was first, uh, this news was first reported by CNN, and then the Washington Post picked up on it, and the New York Times picked up on it. And according to the New York Times version of the story, investigators for the Inspector General uncovered errors and omissions, errors and omissions, in documents related to the wiretapping of a former Trump campaign advisor, Carter Page, including that a low-level lawyer, Kevin Kleinsmith, altered an email that officials used to prepare to seek court approval to renew the wiretap. Now, we referred these issues to uh, John Durham, who had been appointed by Attorney General Barr to investigate whether there were any crimes related to the opening of the uh, Clinton, uh, excuse me, the Trump-Russia uh, spy operation by the Obama gang. Uh, and uh, Kleinsmith is a known quantity because he was on the Mueller team and he was kicked off because 
It wasn't, remember, Page and Strzok had those awful text messages promoting Hillary Clinton and attacking President Trump? Well, weren't the, they weren't the only ones. It was Klein Smith and another FBI agent who was also sending out garbage emails about the president or the incoming president of the United States. Uh, according to the Justice Department of, uh, Review, uh, the email Klein Smith handled was a factor during the wiretap renewal process. Kleinsmith took an email from the email's offer uh, uh, from uh, Kleinsmith took, excuse me, Kleinsmith took an email from an official at another federal agency that contained several factual assertions, then added material to the bottom that looked like another assertion from the email's offer when, uh, author when instead it was his own understanding. So you understand what went on according to the New York Times and the IG? There was an email that had certain facts. He added the facts and didn't tell anyone to it. Uh, to the, uh, he added the facts to the email and didn't tell anyone. And it made it seem like it came from this other person. Obviously, that would be a crime to alter that email. And, uh, and it was used as a basis for signing off on the renewals. Now, supposedly, the details of the email are class classified. So what's going on here, folks? Well, first of all, you have to understand the fact that I'm talking about this on a Friday before Thanksgiving, it tells you this is bad news. <laughs> because if it's good news, it would have been released at a time or leaked at a time that would have generated uh, where, where it would have been buried because of the uh, pending vacation and celebration of Thanksgiving. Congress is leaving, is not here for the next two weeks. And uh, so this is, this is a leak over the holidays. And it's bad news for the deep state. It's, uh, again, re renewed confirmation, because there's plenty of confirmation there were crimes committed uh, targeting President Trump. But now we've got uh, information, evidence gathered by the IG, uh, an Obama appointee, showing that uh, someone committed a crime, altered a document to get a FISA warrant to target uh, Donald Trump. You'll hear Carter Page FISA warrants, but again, I want you to go to our website, we'll post them again, look at the documents, and you'll see it's all about the dossier, it's all about Donald Trump. This is a vehicle to get at Donald Trump. And we have, again, confirmation that Donald Trump is a crime victim. He was illegally targeted using fraudulent documents by the Obama administration and, frankly, his own administration. Because remember, one of these warrants was signed after he was president of the United States. Outrageous. And uh, I, I tell you, uh, uh, what the New York Times is reporting and the Washington Post is reporting, and it's hard to tell whether they're, uh, what they're basing this on because it, it's, there are people with a self-interested motive or in, uh, kind of a, uh, an ulterior motive, potentially, for describing the IG report as such, but supposedly the IG report makes no conclusions or suggests that the FISA applications were okay, or the initial investigation was okay. It had a bit good that it was opened appropriately. I don't believe any of it. We'll see what the report says, but it wouldn't surprise me, given the way the IGs operated before, if they find evidence of criminal misconduct but then say generally the investigation was okay. Of course, none of that makes sense. That's what they did with Hillary Clinton. They found all sorts of evidence of misconduct, but then said generally it didn't factor into the investigation of either Russia or Clinton. 
Strzok and Page, and now Kleinsmith and this, uh, I forget the name of the other FBI agent, sending around emails. You know what the emails that Kleinsmith was sending around were? Let me get, let me, hold on a second. Ah, oh, here it is. Kleinsmith lamented Clinton's loss the day after the election, messaging to several FBI employees. So he sent this around the office. I am numb. I am so stressed out about what I could have done differently. What he could have done differently, he's an FBI agent. He really can't do much other than vote. Kleinsmith also expressed regret over the reopening of the Clinton email case on October 28, 2016, arguing that it, quote, broke the momentum of the Clinton's campaign. He warned at the time that the belated move would be, uh, which was pressured by leaks of the over the discovery of additional classified emails on the laptop of Clinton's aide in New York, Anthony Weiner's laptop, could initiate, quote, the destruction of the republic. Kleinsmith messaged another FBI employee that he was, quote, just devastated, unquote, over Trump's unexpected victory. I just can't imagine the systematic disassembly of the progress we've made over the last eight years. ACA is gone, that's Obamacare. Well, of course, it wasn't gone. It turns out he was wrong on that. Who knows if the rhetoric about deporting people walls and crap is true. I honestly feel like this is going to be a lot more gun issues too. The crazies won finally. The crazy, if you voted for Trump, you're the crazies. This is the Tea Party on steroids, and the GOP is going to be lost. They have to deal with an incumbent in four years. But to fight this again. Also, Pence is stupid. Weeks later, he writes, Viva la, resi Viva la resistance, signaling he planned the fight back against Trump. This guy was on the Russiagate team. He was doing the, the legwork on getting spy warrants targeting President Trump and he was helping Mueller try to put him away. And now it's confirmed, he's a, it looks like he committed a crime. He resigned shortly after the IG interviewed him about the altered email. To review again, a key FBI lawyer, not a low-level FBI lawyer, the lawyer that did the legwork in preparing information to justify a spy operation against uh, Donald Trump through Carter Page altered an email in a criminal fashion according to the IG and it's been referred to to John Durham for criminal investigation. Carter Page is a crime victim, President Trump is a crime victim, their civil rights have been violated and what are we talking about here in Washington DC? Removing the president for asking questions about conduct related to this activity. I've said it once and I'll say it again, this coup attack on President Trump is all about this issue. Distracting from the crimes committed to target him. And yes, it involved Ukraine, I'll get into that later. But it goes to show you why it's important that we get the truth out about what went on here. Because there's all sorts of information that, you know, and look at, the, look at this document. This is the FISA warrant application. Never before released to the American people a FISA warrant application. It was only released after Judicial Watch and others sued. I think USA Today sued. It was only released because the president said, you know, we should release it in response to 
a declassification uh, request from um, Devin Nunes and people like that. But look at all the, look at this is, this is an example of what is not classified. And the email that supposedly needs to be classified, I guarantee it doesn't need to be classified. And this is what the president needs to do. He needs to order full declassification of this warrant application. Remember, there's other material in here that, according to those who have reviewed it, would be very scandalous in terms of undermining, again, the Obama targeting of President Trump, showing it was scandalous. And it doesn't need to be classified. And it hasn't been declassified yet. Barr hasn't, has the authority to declassify it. The president, obviously, is president has the authority to declassify it. And certainly these underlying materials, like this altered email, we're not going to see that. Is that what's going to happen? I hope not. I mean, we sued to try to get it declassified, uh, but, you know, it, it's Im almost impossible to get documents declassified if the government doesn't want them to be. Courts don't second-guess, generally, government decision-making on classification issues. So this is the news of the, this is the, news of the year. And I, and, and I described this earlier uh, a few weeks ago when it was first announced that there was evidence that crimes took place in the targeting of President Trump. Now, I have to say, everyone's excited about the release of the FISA Gate report. The IG report is coming out in, according to uh, Senator Lindsey Graham, it's coming out on December 9th. He has a hearing scheduled with Horowitz, the IG, on December 11th. I don't know what's going to be in the IG report, but I do know they tend to be cover-ups and exposés at the same time. So uh, it won't be the end-all and be-all, but it will be a major starting point, and it will expose corruption. I know it will expose corruption. How do I know? Because we've already exposed corruption. We've exposed, if you look at the Pfizer report, you see the courts were misled. How were they misled? There's reference to the dossier. There's reference to a news report about the dossier. There's reference to a State Department report and activity as a result of the dossier. There's a reference to Congress informa congressional information about the dossier. But the court isn't told it's all about the dossier. It's, it's suggested that those four different issues were four different pieces of information when, in fact, they were all tied to the dossier. So the court's told, I got the dossier, oh, and I got a report about the dossier, and I have another report about the dossier, and I have a third report about the dossier. So there you got four pieces of evidence to open up a spy warrant, unprecedented, targeting the Trump campaign, and then the President of the United States himself. It's the self-licking ice cream cone. Who are your witnesses, we ask. You look at this and you ask them, and they say, me, myself, and I. Three witnesses. It's absurd. And of course, they were not told, the court was not told, that the person running the dossier operation, or the group running it, was the Clinton spy ring, Fusion GPS, paid for by the DNC. The Clinton campaign, through a cutout law firm. And then, of course, we have the FBI paying Christopher Steele as well. In 2016, Judicial Watch uncovered this, by the way, not Congress. 
not the media, it was Judicial Watch. Christopher Steele was paid 11 times during the presidential campaign, during the same time he was being paid by the DNC and the Clintons to try to destroy Donald Trump. It was a joint operation between the FBI, the Clinton campaign, and the DNC, Christopher Steele's spy operation targeting President Trump. And then they fired him nevertheless because he was leaking. Then after that, Judicial Watch uncovered the documents, the FBI documents showing that Bruce Orr, who, whose wife, Nellie Orr, worked with Steele, was communicating with Steele and Fuchsia GPS. They had 12 interviews of him. They were using Bruce Orr, a top senior, a senior DOJ guy, to go and talk to Steele for them because they were desperate to get dirt on Trump. Steele, by the way, is not an American citizen. He's a citizen of the United Kingdom. And the documents show Nellie Orr was laundering all this garbage from Steele and the dossier group through her husband. Wild, wild conflicts of interest to the FBI and DOJ. Whatever, who needs an IG? You got Judicial Watch. There was never a good faith basis. And I suspect when all is said and done, this will all be found to have been an inside job in the sense that there were never, quote, any Russian sources, technically speaking, that Steele relied on in this smear job on Trump in the dossier. I tell you, go back and read the dossier. You will see it quite obviously is ridiculous and not true. And the fact that it was presented in any substantial way to a court as a basis to spy on a presidential candidates and the president of the United States is, is, is uh, beyond comprehension. This is the worst corruption scandal of all time. There are going to be impeaching anyone. They need to be impeaching the people who are behind this. Barack Obama was briefed on this dossier garbage I'm telling you about. Directly. How do I know that? James Comey testified to it. Biden was in the meeting too. So this brings us to the coup. Which is all part of the all part of the piece here, folks. Ukraine is the fulcrum through which the Obama Clinton deep state gang were trying to take out President Trump. But we're all not supposed to remember that, even though it happened a minute ago. Paul Manafort is in jail because of his work in Ukraine. Nellie Orr was pushing Ukraine material, and in the dossier, Ukraine material is mentioned. Manafort's connection was to pro-Russian parties in Ukraine. The Ukrainian government was concerned about that, and that's why they pushed out garbage against Manafort. 
By garbage, I mean the so-called black ledger, which was a document that has not been found to be uh, verifiable, to put it mildly, not reliable, tying him to payments out of Ukraine. The Associated Press, we found, tried to push that with the Justice Department. We just uncovered that. You know, Associated Press reporters trying to get Manafort prosecuted. Shows you the media was involved in this effort to destroy Trump. Ukraine was the fulcrum on which Mueller was trying to get Trump because Mueller was targeting Manafort, not because anyone cared about what Paul Manafort did in terms of mortgage fraud or buying expensive suits or tax fraud. They thought if they got him with these Ukraine charges, they could get President Trump. Of course, President Trump didn't do anything wrong, so it was all a fool's errand in that regard. And to get Trump, not only was Ukraine used, the United Kingdom, there were meetings taking place in the United Kingdom, they were getting favors from Australia. This guy, Misfoot, he's in Italy. By the dossier's own admission, Hillary Clinton's campaign's admission, the Russians were involved. As I said, I suspect it's the, our people, our informants, FBI, CIA people pretending to be Russians were working for both sides, people like Misfoot. The number of countries involved in Obama's effort to get Trump, probably I'd say a half dozen. One of them is Ukraine. So President Trump gets elected. The Ukrainian government's found to have leaked this dossier, or excuse me, the Black Ledger, to have worked with Alexander Chalupa, the DNC operative who was trying to get dirt on Trump, attacked Trump directly in an op-ed, I think, by the ambassador. Other stories suggest that the Obama gang was pressuring Ukraine to target Manafort. So President Trump comes into office. The Ukrainians are nervous because they know what they tried to do. How do I know they're nervous? Politico reported it. They said they were nervous because they were spent all their time trying to destroy Trump. And now he's president. What are he's going to do? Well, surprise, surprise, the president is skeptical of providing your tax dollars to the group running Ukraine. And he's asking questions. What about the corruption? What about the corruption? And he's asking the general questions that he's asked about almost all foreign aid and U.S. involvement abroad. Why aren't other people stepping up to help Ukraine? All legitimate, all in the ordinary course. And the hearings this week confirmed There was no, quote, quid pro quo. And it confirmed that the deep state bureaucrats who opposed him didn't have any substantial evidence, no evidence at all, of any, any misconduct. They disagreed with his policy, I guess, which is their right as American citizens. It doesn't give them the right to undermine the policy 
as Colonel Vindman evidently did. I mean, he told a Ukrainian leader, don't get involved in U.S. politics. The suggestion was don't do what President Trump wanted them to do in terms of investigating corruption. No one was asking them to get involved in U.S. politics. That was Vindman's adverse characterization of the commander-in-chief's foreign policy. That was terrible to see his testimony. I can't believe he was allowed to testify in uniform. I don't know who made the decision to allow him to do that. And then to go and attack and undermine the commander-in-chief like that, that was just terrible. But on the specifics, you have these bureaucrats who say, Oh, that was not the interagency consensus, or that was not U.S. policy, or we should, this is the way it should have been done. It should be done the way the president wants it done. He can take advice from Rudy Giuliani. He can take advice from outsiders. He can talk to Ambassador Sondland and say, you need to get it done this way. There's no evidence of corruption by President Trump. And you know what there is evidence of? Deep state antagonism to President Trump. Because isn't it interesting where all these witnesses are asked about this Ukraine corruption that I went through quite specifically with. You read John Solomon's reporting, you can see the details of how Burisma had it in with the State Department, how George Soros was funding this uh, with the U.S. government this group that was seemingly protected from investigation because of their connections to Soros. All of this is out there. And when these deep state bureaucrats, these experts are asked about it, they say, oh, there's nothing there. Well, that, either that's willful ignorance or something worse. So when they say they're concerned about corruption in Ukraine, no, they're not. No, they're not. Because I described the corruption as it affects the United States. They're not concerned about that. In fact, they're pretending, in my view, dishonestly, that it doesn't exist. So we had this testimony with Vindman and Fiona Hill and Ambassador Sondland and other folks none of whom had any evidence, direct or indirect, that the President of the United States did anything wrong. The only evidence about what the President said that was direct, meaning that someone actually talked to him about it, Ambassador Sondland, who first said there was quid pro quo, and then said, well, well, when I asked the President about it, he said, there is no quid, I don't want a quid pro quo. I want them to do the right thing. I want nothing, I want nothing. No quid pro quo. Do the right thing. I don't know about you, but you know what these hearings confirm for me? We shouldn't be giving any aid to Ukraine because they're all corrupt. And no one knows who the good guys are and who the bad guys are. I don't know about you, but I don't expect our embassy to be cleaning up the countries in which we have our foreign service there. We have an embassy in Ukraine to protect U.S. interests, communicate with the government, but not like Joe Biden was doing and not what these deep staters want to do. 
which is to force the government to do specific policies in the name of anti-corruption. I've jokingly said this Justice Department couldn't keep Jeffrey Epstein alive, and our State Department's telling Ukrainians how to operate. And if we're concerned about corruption, then don't give them money. That's the easy answer. If I were President Trump, I'd call the Ukrainians back to see to make sure they're actually doing the anti-corruption work they ought to be doing. I mean, what, what a, what a, what a, you know, these hearings were boring. They were petty. There's obviously no evidence of misconduct. It won't stop the kookaball, it may, although it may stop the kookaball because they didn't want to, uh, I'll get into this. But they're terribly destructive. And what's been frustrating to me is that these witnesses were allowed to testify with virtually no objection from the White House and the Justice Department. What do I mean? I mean, typically when you have an individual go in and talk about what foreign policy is, what foreign governments are saying, what the president is saying, doing, and thinking, that's protected information. Some of it is protected under executive privilege. It's called executive privilege, but it's really a constitutional privilege, meaning Congress can't go in and start harassing the president for his specific communications with his aides and advisors or communications even among his aides and advisors. The president can't be president if he's subject to that type of harassment by Congress. He has the powers under the Constitution to be the chief executive, including managing foreign policy. And I can tell you that when you, foreign governments make their views known, that's classified. It's classified. So what you saw was a terrible abuse of the presidency, the president, the man, the Constitution, and our national security. Because when foreign governments tell us things, there's this presumption that we want to keep it confidential so that they are able to talk to us in confidence and, and that they will continue to talk to us because we need the information, we need to be able to communicate in order to protect the national security of the United States. The Kukabal doesn't care about any of that. If you're a foreign leader, what are you gonna think the next time you have a conversation with our president or diplomatic corps? What are you gonna think? It's gonna come out in the news. I can't be forthright. I can't confide. I can't, I can't say anything that might make me look bad here at home. A terrible, terrible problem for the country these coup cabal hearings have been. Terrible. I'm not calling them impeachment. It's not impeachment. It's abuse. One of the things about the coverage I did not like, even among our friends, is that they gave these hearings the time of day in the sense they treated them as legitimate. The president had no rights, no due process rights. Republicans were granted no witnesses. There were witnesses Republicans wanted to call that the Democrats called on their own, but Republicans didn't get to call their own witnesses, as would be typical in this situation. And you know what the good news is, though? I gotta say, they had a show trial, 
as I said, they had all this abuse. They, wouldn't, they were actually, uh, the other scandal was suppressing information about the whistleblower, the so-called whistleblower, while essentially confirming it. Vindman was the leaker to the leaker to Schiff. And of course, Schiff had an interest in keeping that all quiet because it would have showed the impropriety because I don't think Vindman had the uh, authority to uh, talk about the phone call with the CIA person he talked to, evidently. So they had all of this wired and fixed. And you know what? They were running a show trial and they still couldn't do it. They still couldn't get anything on the president. And this tells you they never wanted to hold these public hearings to begin with. It was only in response to pressure from Republicans who are friends like Jim Jordan and Devin Nunes and people like that who have taken an aggressive tact in taking on some of these abuses by the deep state and their allies in Congress. And you can see why they didn't want to have the public hearings. It's been a big fail. The polls show that support for impeachment is going down. And I normally don't talk about polls. I guess I do, except I, you know, like a lot of Washingtonians, you talk about polls when they support what you want to say, right? I guess I'm doing that here. But there's no basis to impeach the president. Now, what, what, ought, to, what, what ought to come next? Impeachment ought to die. Impeachment ought to end. And how, that, how will that happen? Well, the way it will happen, the way it's most likely to happen is if you communicate with your elected representatives. You've got to call your members of Congress and you've got to call your senators saying you don't want this to go any further. You call the switchboard at the Capitol. It's 202-224-3121. It's 202-224-3121. Your members are all going to be home this week. They'll probably be having town halls over Thanksgiving and be, or be at public events. You can go to those town halls. You can write them letters, call their offices in your locality, figure it, you know, just go online, figure out where your congressman's local office is and call them directly or call them here in Washington, D.C. Let your views be known about the coup attack on President Trump. And I would encourage the White House, I would encourage those who support the rule of law and the Constitution to uh, really cut short or put out of, uh, let's put it this way, there ought to be no trial if they do get to impeachment. The Senate should be saying now, we saw what you did here. There's no evidence. You abused the process. There's no good faith basis for impeachment. You're making it up as you go along, and the Senate is not going to be hijacked by the coup cabal and torture the Republic and torture the Constitution and torture the President and harm our national security further by an abusive Senate trial. So when I hear Republicans talking with the White House, well, we will have a two-week trial. They're planning to lose. They should be focusing on stopping impeachment. Because my guess is there are more than a few Democrats who don't want to see this go forward. 
And just because you were, uh, just because your your senator or your representative might be a Democrat, it doesn't mean they don't want to hear from you. They do want to hear from you. You're a constituent. Even if you're in Nancy Pelosi's district, give her a call. And I'm sure she would agree with me. Give me a call. Politicians love to hear from their constituents. They want the early warning. They want to know what they're thinking. It may not change their votes, but it may temper their desire to undo the republic. We can still save ourselves by stopping impeachment in the House. And what is Judicial Watch doing? We're doing the litigation. We are doing the investigations. We're uncovering the documents like the FISA material. We're asking about what the so-called whistleblower was up to. We've got the FOIA request out there pending on that. We're talking about Joe Biden, investigating him in Ukraine. We're exposing the truth about what the deep state was doing at the State Department. These State Department officials don't give a rat's tail about corruption in Ukraine. It's all about getting Trump. We've documented it. The State Department was working against Trump with the Russians before he was just a month before he was inaugurated. Do you hear me? The State Department called the Russian embassy, talked to the political officer about this Russiagate hoax. The details are classified, but we know it's about the Russiagate hoax because we said, give us documents about Christopher Steele and what he was up to. And they gave us this document that they talked to the Russian political officer. The political officer. That's the truth. That's the scandal. And I jokingly say that Obama needs to be impeached or he can still be impeached. I'm serious about that. Obama, his administration worked with a half a dozen countries to target his political enemy, candidate Trump. And it continued after he was elected. Where's the accountability for that? So I don't know what the I don't know what the Democrats plan to do. How how fur, how much further they're going to abuse you, the voter. Is the Judiciary Committee going to hold hearings, or are they just going to do some sort of pro forma blessing of whatever shift gives them? I don't know. I suspect they'll probably do some more hearings because they don't realize they don't have public support. But we'll see. We are, I think, winning on this issue. The question is, does the leadership here in Washington, D.C. recommend it? Do the advisors to the president recommend it? Understand it, I should say. I don't think they have the votes. I really don't think they have the votes. And so, uh, you know, I, I recognize that uh, these are tactical issues. But, you know, I've been doing this for 20 years or so, so... I think I have some insight to add. 
And as an anti-corruption group, we're concerned about corruption. We think a corrupt process that we see in the House needs to stop. And you need to take a stand against it and just don't let it happen. Because you think you'll do better in the Senate with a trial that I think would just be you add to the abuse. So you need to pick up the phone. The Senate needs to tell the House they're not doing anything. We're going to shut it down. But we need to save the country, folks. Our republic's at stake. You want the deep state to tell you who can be president or not? Do you want self-interested politicians who are facing being implicated in criminal activity, trying to take out the person responsible for trying to put them in jail? Remember, the president's the chief executive. The power to indict and prosecute flow from him. By removing Trump, they are, in essence, guaranteeing that they won't face justice. It's an obstruction of justice effort against the, and I don't even know that this is going to happen because, as you know, I'm skeptical that there'll be significant prosecutions on Spygate, even with the news of this FBI guy being investigated for doctoring a document. So we, we got to fight, and uh, you got to let your you got to let your representatives know. Judicial Watch will do the heavy lifting on our end, because you need to do the heavy lifting as well. So along those lines, uh, you know, I've always pointed out that one of the reasons we've got this coup going, we have this coup going on. We had Mueller, you know, we had this effort to kind of freeze the Justice Department, prevent them from doing its what it ought to be doing which it really stopped doing 15, 20 years ago in any, to any great extent, is uh, they want to protect the Obama gang and Hillary Clinton and her people from any serious threat of prosecution. And, uh, and you saw that one of the reasons they're concerned about uh, all of that being exposed is that you see they were, didn't want the cover-up of that to be exposed. Now we've got documents from uh, Strzok and Page, new emails, thanks to a Judicial Watch FOIA lawsuit, further confirming the sham investigation into Clinton emails. So while they were working with Ukraine, they were also working with Hillary Clinton's team's lawyers to protect her. Now we had sued for Page Strzok documents, and of course we've been getting the slow wall and the stone wall. They want to wait till the year 2223. 2021, excuse me, two years from now, before they give us all the documents. And the documents are confirming that the Clinton email investigation was a sham, which in a just world would result in the reopening of the criminal prosecution or criminal investigation of Hillary Clinton. Two March 2016 emails show that then FBI General Counsel James Baker and then FBI Director Andrew McCabe had discussed meeting with attorney Beth Wilkelson, who was representing Clinton aides Cheryl Mills, Heather Samuelson, Jake Sullivan, and Philip Raines. Now, Mills and Samuelson were responsible for deleting those 30,000 emails. And they're getting special treatment, special favors, and special communications from the FBI general counsel. That never happens. 
I don't know what Beth Wickelson was paid or whether she was paid at all, but she got her, those, those clients got their money's worth. She got the top FBI lawyer to eat out of the palm of her hand. The FBI officials discussed holding discreet meetings with Wilkinson and secure locations that were set up to avoid, quote, any stakeouts by the press. Cheryl Mills, she was Clinton's, I think, chief of staff, senior counselor, whatever the title was, one of her top people, been a longtime Clinton person. She knew about the emails in the State Department. And then she, we deposed her. Then um, she becomes her lawyer who manages the recovery or removal or retrieval, or whatever you want to call it, sending emails back to the State Department. But before that happened, they deleted half the emails, including, as we found out later, classified information. Mills should have been the target, not the, a witness. Judge Lambert, in one of our cases, the FOIA case that uncovered the emails, this is what she had to say. This is what he had to say about Cheryl Mills. Lambert said that he was dumbfounded that Mills had been given immunity and was allowed to accompany Clinton in an FBI interview. Typically, someone who is like a fact witness like Mills wouldn't be allowed to be the lawyer in an FBI interview like that. But Clinton world, they got all the favors. Trump world, they get spied on. Clinton world, they get special help from the FBI lawyer, the top FBI lawyer. Judge Lamberth, I had myself found that Cheryl Mills had committed perjury and lied under oath in a published opinion I had issued in a Judicial Watch case where I found her unworthy of belief. And I was quite shocked to find out she had been given immunity in by the Justice Department in the Hillary Clinton email case. So I did not know that until I read the IG report and learned that, and she had been accompanied the secretary to her interview. So there was another email case Judicial Watch was involved in against the Clintons back in the day. So we've, we know what, the, what they're capable of doing. In an email exchange with Assistant Deputy Director Jonathan Maffa, Strzok and, uh, and Page discusses Clinton aides' uh, laptops, and they just got the laptops. And it seemed like they were happy that Wilkinson told them the laptops did not contain Clinton's 60,000 emails. These are the specifics. They wanted to talk to reach out to additional, schedule additional interviews. This is um, someone writing Baker, the top lawyer for the FBI. And Wilkinson says she appreciated the heads up about the pending press articles. She wants to meet with the deputy director but can only meet on the weekends right now. We'll check his availability tomorrow. They are giving Hillary Team's lawyer Hillary's team's lawyer, heads up on press articles. The FBI is. The lawyer's office. And they're going to try to get a meeting with Andrew McCabe over the weekend. Baker emails interview uh, officials saying he just spoke with Wilkinson. I think we are now back on track. She is going to call today or tomorrow about scheduling the next interview. Given the witness's personal schedule, Beth, first name basis with Beth, said that it may not happen for a few weeks, but she will work, with, work that out with whoever. 
uh, it's redacted. We also discussed making sure that this is done in a secure location in a discreet way. And I said we will make sure it happens in a high quality way. Do you think Paul Manafort got that sort of treatment from Mueller? <laughs> Baker writes, That they are uh, that they are concerned about uh, giving again her her witnesses an interview her clients an interview in a discreet manner i.e. no chance of a press stakeout or too many people in the office seeing them and having awareness of what's going on is there an offsite somewhere in the D.C. area that might be better if so don't uh, tell me where it is. They're trying to take care of, I mean, these are senior level of people. Samuelson was the lawyer that deleted the email. Cheryl Mills supervised her. They both worked with Hillary at the State Department, and they're worried about making sure they can meet off-site to do a basic witness interview. Again, do you think Manafort got that sort of treatment? Roger Stone? People like that? Nope. They get early morning raids with guns drawn. The Clinton team? They get heads up on press stories, and they're on first-name basis with the lawyers. Top lawyer of the FBI. Even Strzok gets annoyed by all of this. Big news of the day, Beth, presumably Wilkinson, said none of the laptops we have had the original 60,000, meaning the emails. The two that did were and are the personal laptops of Cheryl Mills and Heather Samuelson. Oh, big news of the day, March 20th, 2016. This is a year and a half after the emails are first discovered. Remember, they found them in 2014, thanks to Judicial Watch, our pressure. Two years. And Strzok says, funny, that never came up before now. Yeah, really funny. It's called obstruction of justice. And he forwards this email to the page with the note, my frustration. So you got this in-your-face obstruction of justice on Clinton's emails. You've got the FBI general counsel. Helping Hillary as the leaders with special treatment for interviews. Is it any surprise that Clinton wasn't prosecuted when you had this sort of corrupted insider gamesmanship going on? These documents show that Hillary Clinton's team had advocates at the top of the FBI. Who needs Beth Wilkinson when you've got James Baker doing your legwork for you? FBI general counsel. And remember, this isn't the only work that they were doing. We had documents showing that they were coordinating with the uh, Hillary Clinton's lawyers as well, James Baker, not only on the Clinton email issue, the Wiener laptop issue, Judicial Watch uncovered that, but they were also meeting with Hillary Clinton's campaign lawyers on Russia. Is the IG going to focus on that? I hope Durham's focused on that. 
extraordinary. I've never met with the FBI general counsel. We see the FBI all the time. We're in litigation with them all the time. Why doesn't the FBI general counsel talk to us? I've never tried to get a meeting, a weekend meeting with the deputy director. Judicial Watch is a major national interest group. Public educational group, 750,000 supporters, active supporters, millions of other supporters. General counsel doesn't call us to say, hey, how can we get these documents to us? Wouldn't that be nice? But in Clinton world, you can commit in-your-face crimes and get special favors from the FBI. Been no accountability for this. And again, these records are being slow walked to us. Giving them, they give them to us at a rate of 500 pages a month. And at the rate, that rate, we won't get them all until 2022, 2021. And then we begin fighting about the records we didn't get. So we'll be talking about this in the, not the next administration, but the administration after the next administration. That's how far out this case will go at this rate. Director Ray, where are you? Why are you still allowing the FBI to cover up for Page, Strzok, and the cabal that protected Hillary Clinton? And I, you know, again, it's Judicial Watch that's doing this work. And the media pretends this isn't important. You had the FBI hijacked on behalf of the Clinton campaign, and we're not allowed to ask questions about it. It's not important. We're not allowed to raise it. Where's the IG report on that? I hope Durham's investigating that. These are the scandals that the coup is trying to distract from. But the media is obviously easily distracted. Well, they're allies of the coup cabal. They're they were actually helping him. They wanted to try to get Trump removed as well. But Judicial Watch is doing the basic work on the real corruption scandals and trying to get the accountability we can. And we're glad the Justice Department is doing criminal investigation. And I can tell you, with some degree of confidence, and I'm speculating a little bit, but I, I think I'm right, it wouldn't have happened but for Judicial Watch continued pressure from a select few members of Congress, and you, the American people. Because if the documents weren't released, if there wasn't pressure to get the text messages out, if there wasn't pressure for internal investigations, if there wasn't outrage, if there wasn't pressure from our FOIA litigation or our FOIA requests on Clinton emails and then the deep state attacks on Trump, they wouldn't be doing anything if left to their own devices. So I don't know what's going to happen, but if something good happens, it will have happened because of the work that we're doing here and that I'm talking to you about today. So I want to thank you for uh, your paying attention. I want to thank you for your support of Judicial Watch. We can't do it without your support. And uh, we're coming up on Thanksgiving. I'll have a message for you next week, I suppose. But you know, in the meantime, I want you to have a wonderful Thanksgiving. Uh, I'm grateful for, as president of Judicial Watch, uh, all of our 750,000, 800,000 supporters that allow us to do this great work. I'm thankful for my family. I'm thankful uh, for our 
You know what I'm also thankful for? I'm thankful for the generations before us that gave us this great country, gave us this constitution, gave us this rule of law that we're using to such great effect. There's a lot to be thankful about. So I wish you and yours from me and mine and ours here at Judicial Watch a wonderful, happy, and safe Thanksgiving. Thank you. You have just listened to Tom Fitton's weekly update on JW TalkNet. Remember to subscribe and donate at judicialwatch.org slash donate.